Hey, this is Brett, and we are excited to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Channel, one of our favorite places to get your nature fix, where you can explore the real Rockies. From award-winning documentaries to music in the mountains, this is Adventure with a Conscience. We think you're going to love it. You can check it out and subscribe at RockyMountainChannel.com. Another Fireside Friday here at Mountain Zen Den, where we take some time to share heart to heart the joys and importance of connecting with the natural world for mindfulness and personal transformation. Naturally. Do you smell that? That's the scent of fresh mountain air here in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in the spring. In today's episode, we meet up with an awesome human being, my fellow Rocky Mountain tour guide, Ron Francis. Ron has a heart of gold that just shines his love and passion, not only for Rocky Mountain National Park, but the real joy that comes from being able to share it with others. Together, we offer some memories of our favorite mindful moments spent with others in nature and share a typical day in the life of a Rocky Mountain tour guide. Ron is fast becoming a dear friend, and I'm so grateful for his heart for others and for the beauty of the wild places. So it's a great joy for me to welcome him to Mountain Zenden and to introduce him to you today. So come on in and fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a ride. Ron Francis, welcome to Mountain Zenden. Hey, Brett. <laughs> it's so great to be oh, with you. Oh, man. Good to yeah. finally have you here. We've been talking about this for several weeks now, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so glad you dropped everything you were doing. Probably left a bunch of people hanging on the edge of a mountain just to come here be with us, right? <laughs> of course. Oh, no, man. this was so great. I was just so looking forward to this. You know, like you and I have talked about, we, we haven't spent a lot of time together. When we have, we've been so busy. It's like ships passing in the day kind of, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So we met, was it this last year or two years ago? It may have been two years it's, ago. It's amazing how time has flown. Yeah, just between tours. Yeah, right? yeah. As a tour guide, I met you, and you were the friendliest, happiest guy <laughs> whose light was always shining. And no matter how, this is my first memories of you, no matter how stressful things were, and they can be stressful oh, down yeah. in the office when everybody's trying to gather up their gear and their their uh, passengers. Yeah. And... Um, and everybody is trying to get make sure that Jeep 3 has gas while Jeep 2 needs, you know, the oil change or whatever. <laughs> and you're just like a calm, I don't know about your feet below the surface, but you were a calm, smiling duck. Oh, I'm absolutely stressed. And, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you didn't show it all. And it always made my day. And I thought, I'd like to get to know that guy better. Oh, same here. Same here. Thank you. Yeah. And, and here we are. So, oh, yeah. And you seem like such a natural with this. Were you guiding tours in your diapers? I mean, when did you start? <laughs> you know, it's interesting you should say that. So shortly after I got the tour guide gig with Green Jeep Tours, that's yeah. just Park, Colorado, yeah. um, I, I called my mom and uh, said, Mom, guess what? I'm a tour guide. And she said, wait a minute, let me put you on speaker because dad and mom sit next to each other all yeah. the time out in McKinney, Texas. And she uh, said something like, say that again. And I said, hey, dad, guess what? I'm a tour guide. And, it, and I believe, without missing a beat, Dad said, you've always been a tour guide. He said that. And he said, when wow. you were a little boy, talking about me, he said, I would pull my wagon around behind me through the creek that ran behind our house, and I would talk to my imaginary guest, 
and tell them about everything that they're seeing in front of me. They're riding Seriously. in the wagon. So I, I've actually shared that with some guests on some tours before, you know, and I said, by the way, so you're riding in my wagon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, on one hand, that floors me. On the other, I, I, I can tell. I can see that you're a natural from the beginning. I don't know. You were I meant to, to be doing this. I guess so. Wow. How did you get this, this job in the first place? How did oh you land goodness. the best job in the whole world? Oh, wow. Wow. A uh, corporate layoff. Yeah. So I was absolutely floored, taken by surprise. I work for a large American IT company, yeah. really large one, and we had a massive layoff. A whole bunch of us this got was laid off during at the same COVID? time. Yeah, just yeah. right at the front end. Right. Massive layoffs. Now I'd already been I'd already been teaching. I still teach a little bit for mm-hmm. Colorado Christian University. I teach uh, online courses uh, and then uh, IT security primarily oh, yeah. and yeah. rewrite courses and things like that for them. Um, so I still had that gig going on, but I, my primary source of income went away quickly oh, man. and, uh, happened to be around uh, July 4th weekend when my sister and her husband and my nephew and his wife were in town. So we, as normally planned, we took them into the park, you know, we're, we're in my Jeep. I have a little Jeep Wrangler with a top off yeah. and we're, we're cruising around at Fall River Road and up the Alpine Visitor Center and all that good stuff. So we get back into town. And uh, happened to be walking past the storefront for Green Jeep Tours. And I just told the group, said, hey, give me a second. I'm going to walk in here. Just walked in, and I met Nikki, the owner. Nikki yeah. Schultz was right there. And one of the other guys, I forget who it was, but one of the other guys was there. I just walked in, and uh, they weren't busy. And I said, hey, uh, I've got some time on my hands. I know this park really well. I drive a Jeep. Do you need some help? And next thing you know, I'm a tour guide. <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> it was just great. I should preface that a little bit, too. One of our fellow tour guides, Spider, mm-hmm. who you know, yeah. wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, I'd actually run into her and her group up at um, the Continental Divide. Okay, on Trail Ridge Road. So, yeah, yeah, to kind of back up that story just a little bit, we went all the way over to Grand Lake with my, my sister and brother-in-law and I, and we're coming back, and... Uh, to get our picture uh-huh. there, the Continental Divide sign, and uh, Green Jeep Tours pulls up right next to us. So I just made a beeline, went over to the lady driving, and turned out to be our friend Spider. And I said, do you like your job? And she looked right at me, and she said, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and went on to say, this is the greatest job in the world. Oh, so it was right after that that I drifted into Green that Jeep same Tours. Day. Yeah. yeah. Is that day or the next one? Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And how long have you known the park then? How did you get to know, being from Texas, how did you get yeah. to know Yeah, well, I'm an IBMer, and um, I was recruited into IBM in 1998 from Texas, mm-hmm. and I was working for Sprint on the corporate side over there. We had an IBM contractor working with us, and uh, he, we and I, he and I got to be good friends. And uh, over time, uh, you know, I explained it. My, me and my wife have always loved the mountains. We love skiing and things yeah, like that. And if it ever there. worked out, we'd move. And he said, well, you know, they're doing the same thing that you do now at the IBM facility in Boulder. Next thing you know, I got a job there. Wow. And um, so that was uh, September of 1998. Took us about six months to sell the house. Our kids were both small at the yeah. time. And so I lived here uh, working, and then Karen was still my wife Karen was still back at the house yeah. you know, taking care of the kids. So uh, it was really in that fall of 98 that I really discovered the park because I was here by myself. I had nothing to do. Mm, yeah. So I went into the national park almost every evening. You were your own tour guide. Yeah. 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 
That's kind of how it was with me as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everything is new the first time, and then after that, it's like an old friend, right? How far away did you live? You were in Boulder, you said? Uh, yeah. You get yeah, to... just outside of Boulder, so it wasn't is a bad drive at all. Yeah. yeah, I would get there. And uh, I, I actually shared this on, a, on another podcast, but how I was really, I think, fell in love with not only uh, the park even more, but also fell in love with the idea of adult education mm. was um, there at IBM. We had about uh, six, it was either six or eight uh, new IBMers coming from India that needed to learn a technology that I knew pretty well. Oh, wow. So they literally came and they stayed at our, uh, worked with me mm-hmm. physically in, in Boulder. They stayed at a house in Longmont. And um, I was their teacher during the day. Well, they had nothing to do at night, especially on the weekends. Oh, yeah. So I took them with me in my favorite place in the world, Rocky Mountain National Park. And so Incredible. I was their uh, I was their teacher there also. <laughs> Not technology, but more, yeah. more along the lines of what it's like in this amazing place. And what a great way to strike up a, a deeper relationship with yeah. people too, isn't it? You can I still keep up with some of those guys. Yeah, That's awesome. They're back in India now, I many bet. of them. But, um, what was their reaction when you'd take them up there? Oh, it was great. We went during the day a number of times and did some hiking and things and you're just blown away by... What we see, you know, mm-hmm. so often these big, vast, open spaces of wilderness—wow, you know, yeah. untouched wilderness. Uh, but the thrill, though, that I remember—I and think it's a big thrill for them too—is that going back to the park at night, mm. because they're from this really big city, you know, Bangalore, India. Oh, yeah. They're from mostly from there, and uh, they'd never seen stars like that before. Incredible! Wow. So we're back in the park, and we're looking up, and we see the Milky Way. And if you really adjust your eyes, you'll see satellites yes, flying yeah. over. And they were just thrilled by that. But I was, too. I was just overwhelmed oh by, goodness. wow, I get to share this with these guys. And they're they're changed now. I bet they are. And it's, it is like you get to experience it vicariously through them for the first time again and again. Isn't, yeah. Isn't it? I remember coming up, uh, it was probably in June, coming up over the on Trail Ridge Road, just over where passing where snow was with a family. The mom and, they were all from Costa Rica, and the mom and dad had seen snow before, but their two boys had not. Uh-huh. And as soon as we came around the curve, I had said, now get ready for a snowball fight. And they saw it, and they let out a loud shriek. <laughs> and we pulled over the next spot we could, and they had a little snowball fight there. And it was just so fun to watch them enjoy their first view and yeah. feel and taste of snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. And that, that's right what we've talked about, right? That yeah. um, it's, it's, it's fun. And it's, it's really a lot of happiness comes from being in the park by yourself yeah. and uh, just observing animals quietly or sitting by a river. But there's real joy. I think that's the difference maybe between happiness and joy. There mm. is a joy that there comes is. from sharing a space like that and describing it a little bit and then just step back. Mm. Uh, that's the joy that, of yeah. and having what, them observe it for the first time. It is. And you can kind of tuck that joy away in your heart. I think yeah. Melissa and I talked about this before on, a pod, on the podcast, but we would get this, we have this disorder where where you come down the mountain, you start to, your heart sinks as you see the crowds below mm-hmm. and the, the city. Not that it's real smoggy here usually, but, uh, you know, down in Denver or whatever, but you, you kind of start planning when are we going to be back up in the mountains again because of that joy you do get a natural literal high (laughs) from being in the mountains wow so you um started leading tours what do you remember your very first tour that you led for green jeep or what was your general sense (laughs) of of that job um well i wrote a written a lot of notes yeah 
it's a three hour and 15 minute tour, right? The standard one. And that's a long time that's to be lot. with folks as their leader and describing things constantly. Especially strangers, right? Especially you don't strangers. have anything in Yeah, yeah. So that, that's kind of hard. I, I, as it turned out, I, I studied my notes, of course, the days before my first tour, yeah. but I never looked at it after that. Uh-huh. It, I just, it just turned into stories, yes. you know, for me, and that's the way I was able to link it together. I, I, the thing I, the only, probably the only thing I specifically remember about my first tour was at the end, I told everybody on our little income as we're pulling back into the parking lot, I said, folks, this was the very first tour. So thanks for going you with let me. Them know. Yeah, I let them know. <laughs> I don't know, right or wrong, because we went up Fall River Road, you know, with no shoulder, <laughs> no guardrails. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so some of them probably thought, oh my goodness, yeah, I didn't know how much risk I had. <laughs> yeah, once you get above Timberline, it's all different, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. I had a first time story too. Uh, one of the tour guides took me on one ride, and I kind of took notes as well. Mm-hmm. And Nikki had given me some more instructions, and I, like you, I, I kind of made bullet points of the few places, but yeah. I, I thought the same thing. Three and a half hours. And, but I was so busy listening to the guide that I forgot how to, well, I didn't realize. Let me start the story from this point. <laughs> we get to the park entrance, and you know how you have to roll down your window and pass everybody's park pass it into the ranger. Right. And I'm driving up, talking, trying to act like I know what I'm doing. This is my first tour. And I look around, and it's in one of these Jeeps that the window isn't where, you know, it's not a rolled typical yes. acoustic, I call it, instead of an electric <laughs> yes. window roller. And at the very last, I was thinking, this is going to, what a goofball. I'm going to have to open the door, look like a, <laughs> a turkey. And everybody laughing at me and, and say, this is your first ride. And at that last moment, as we're pulling in, I, I just saw them. And I reached over and I rolled it down as smooth as could be. Yes. <laughs> I know those center console buttons. Yes, those center console buttons. Yes, it, they're but hidden. That's one of the things about being a leader or a tour guide is that um, you can't freak out, can you? You have to right. stay in charge. You know, that's the thing is we have to remind ourselves over and over again that this is their, most of the time, this is their first time in the park. Mm, yes. The first time to do anything like this. Right. So I don't know, maybe sometimes I think there's some parallels between what we do and actors. Yeah. Maybe that perform in dinner theater or whatever. You got to keep it fresh every single time. That's true. But for us, unlike the dinner theater scenario, for us, it is different every time. Oh, it is. We, uh, you never I, know what's going to be around the next curve. Oh, you don't. <laughs> I, you know, I was going to I was going to mention this to you or ask your opinion, the funniest things that you've heard from, from people. Oh. And, it, no, we're not here to make fun of tourists. Yeah. We are not because they're <laughs> our bread and butter and we love them very much. But some of, I, I bet you've heard this before, too. How many animals will I see today? Questions and, like that. And the an- oh, they and want they, to know how. And yes. So you- <laughs> and, the, and the answer and- is, if it's Wednesday, we'll see six. <laughs> that, that's what I would like to say, but I do not, of yeah. course. Uh, my favorite is, what's uh, when do the deer turn into elk? Yes, there's that Did one. Did you have an answer for them on that one? Uh, no, not exactly. It's, it's right after the elk turn into moose. Oh, I'll put that in my notes. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. There, we yeah. get some good questions. And yeah. again, not making fun. If you haven't been here... You, you just don't know. I mean, how would oh, you yeah. know? Uh, unless you watch a lot of wild wilderness movies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've asked the same questions about whales and, yes. and Maui, yeah, you know, yeah. or something. <laughs> Any others that come to mind right away? That... Oh, um, yeah. You know, uh, what was it? I heard a ranger talk, uh, and she mentioned something about one of the funniest things that she heard was... Uh, she mentioned that in the summertime, then in the middle of the day, a lot of the animals disappear. 
Oh, you yeah. know that. Yeah. We kind of dread that as tour guides. Uh-huh. You know, a middle of the day, a hot day, we kind of dread those tours because a lot of times the animals are bedded down. Yeah. Know, yeah. So, Under uh, the, shade. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So the park ranger, she said she was asked that, uh, well, where are the animals? Or like, where are the elk? And she said, oh, during the middle of the day, they like to go up into the trees. And someone say, I didn't know they could climb trees. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, you do enough tours, you're going to hear it all, I guess. You so, don't do you? hear it all. The, it is interesting, though, because that's usually one of the first things, you know, when I start a tour, I'll ask people, you know, what would you, what, what experience would you like to have here? What is, where are you from? Yeah. All of that. And kind of gather what their experience. And almost everybody says we want to see animals. And if yeah. they start um, or if they continue after you've been in the, on the tour for 15, 20 minutes and actually in the park to say that, I'm thinking, I don't say it, but I'm thinking, look around here. You've got yeah, you know, 415 square miles of pristine wilderness and you've got 110 peaks over 10,000 feet high and the views yeah. are incredible and, and you're worried about a, um, an animal. Yeah. <laughs> Chances yeah. are good. I've, I've had two shutouts. How about you? Do you, you ever had any? I've had a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you do on those days as a tour well, guide? Speaking, a of, tour guide. speaking of tough, tough tours, one of the toughest ones I had was in a blizzard. Oh, wow. We continue to have the tour. Even what time in, of year? Oh, gosh. I, I want to say January. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was It was way. really cold, really cold. Um, but blizzard conditions. So, uh, you know, I, that takes away your views too yes yeah in that case so i you know you try to spin it as best you can you know if, if the folks don't want to do it you know there's that option of doing other things but uh the way i turned it is that you know here's an opportunity to be in a blizzard in a wilderness area oh, together and we'll get through this together and we did that and is it, brilliant it, it worked you know, it worked i out. love it yeah how many people have been in a blizzard in a wilderness area yeah, that's true and live to tell about it that's true yeah, yeah. that's good what's your biggest that you can think of pinch me moment i know we get a lot of them oh well you know uh when fall river road is open you know it's only open in a limited amount of time in the summer because uh midsummer uh because of its uh being a one-way dirt road no guardrails or anything and it goes up so high that uh you know you got to be completely clear of snow so it's only open you know very limited amount of time but as you know, and I'm trying to think of the name of the meadow, but uh, there's the place where we often stop, where there's a cabin, and mm-hmm. it's just down below. Um, the Alpine Visitor Center is way up above, so yeah. just at the edge of tree line, just below that. Right. Um, I was walking out there with a group and uh, got out in front of the cabin, just seeing this massive expanse of uh, where the trees stop growing, you know, yeah. and the snow on the top of the mountains. And a gentleman walked up to me, one of my guests, he walked up to me and he said, I feel the presence of God here. And like, yeah. I said, yes, sir, I do too. Wow. I always have. Yes. And and that was just great. You know, Had you just, been talking about God before that or was no, this just out of the blue? No, no. Yeah. It was just out of the blue. And he's, he's just, uh, I don't remember his background at all. I think he was just from the city and yeah. then never been in a space like that before but him just saying that really opened the door for me because i there i oftentimes want to share yes about yeah. about my faith but i don't, I don't want to thump anybody over the head with the bible either right right uh, but when the door opens like that uh that's that's my opportunity to say yeah this is a miracle yeah. we're seeing out here it really is as a man on the same spiritual path as you yeah. you know as a fellow believer in, in christ i feel like that is a given when you're in a place like this that i, I can sense the um the presence of my creator, the creation, nature, creation yeah. has always spoken to me. That nature has always been my first church, my first pathway towards God. Yeah. Haven't always, I went through, you know, a journey where I had a dark 
period of my life where I, I walked away from that, but I, no matter how far I tried to run, I was constantly reminded by creation. Yeah. And so I've had people on trips too. It, it just gets quiet and you can tell they're thinking and, and saying very similar things mm-hmm. that, um, wow. And, and they feel free to, to express their uh, thanks to God too. I'll hear them yeah. say that as well. And yeah. I think, how cool is that? And that's what I love about being a tour guide is that you're not only showing them things, you're allowing them a spiritual experience as well. Yeah. You f- feel the same way. Yeah. You know, and, and you and I don't, both know we've shared stories before that you don't know what people are, are going through or have faced or what this moment in time means to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've, uh, I remember Nikki, the, the owner of Green Jeep, mentioning that to me and a group saying, just keep in mind that you don't know the right. background of some of these people. Maybe you'll never know, but sometimes you will. Yes. And there's this couple of stories, you know, <laughs> that, I, that I've had that were these wow moments. I Can did you share not. Any specifics? Yeah. Well, the, the highlight or the one that was just still blows me away is that it was a wintertime tour. Um, just happened to have two people with me on this tour. Sometimes the tours are small, you yes, know, just yeah. a couple of people. Intimate. Two friends. These two ladies um, were probably in their mid, mid-70s, mid I guess. Uh, they just kind of described it. They'd been best friends for a long, long time mm. and were touring together, doing different yeah. tours and things. So uh, I just happened to notice that during, during the tour, when we get out of the Jeep and do little walks here and there, <clears throat> that one of the ladies was supporting the other, you know, quite a lot. And there were, she was holding her hand mm. when they would walk together. So we were up at Mini Parks Curve. You know where that is, where the deck is hanging off the ledge there, yes. and the view off to the east is down into the Moraine Park and Upper Beaver Meadows, and it's just beautiful. It's just you beautiful see there. A long way there. Yeah. So they walked up slowly with me over to the over to the deck, and then uh, one of the ladies, she let me know her name was Lisa. She said, "Ron, I want you to know that I have stage four breast cancer. Mm. That my uh, man it gets to me now. It gets yeah. me every time." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she said, my doctor told me I should travel now. Wow. And she said, I've sold my home so I could afford to do tours like this. And I was like, oh, my goodness. My heart just absolutely fell. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, man, that just that was a whole new thing. I play music on my tours occasionally, background music. Uh-huh. I picked out the song, What a Wonderful World, oh. from Louis Armstrong. Yes. As we're coming back down. And I'm talking on the, on the microphone, and I... And as I play that song with any tour, sometimes I'll mention, would you folks agree? Oh, it is a wonderful world. Just right. look around. Yeah. And so uh, when I got back with Lisa and her friend, we, get, we finished the tour, uh, I said, can we pray together? Hmm. And we did. What a gift. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was great. I just, you know, uh, I just, you know like, I, like I'm struggling now to hold it together, but I, I prayed Real short, real sweet, just saying thank you, God, for the presence, for the presence of heaven, the promise of it too. Yeah, yes. And because uh, I, I bet Lisa's gone now. Yep. But wow, what a gift! What a uh, gift! Uh, more for us than for them, yes. I'm sure. At the same time, memento mori, right? Remember your death. Mm. Uh, the Stoics would talk about how important it was, even more than to think about life, to to think about your death every day. It sounds morbid unless you realize how important. Each moment is, and this whole show is about being mindful and yeah. mindfulness in nature. And so you're talking about these people who, you know, these are their last days and they already have that in mind. And so they're probably soaking in with their entire being this place, this the yeah. beauty and the, the, like you said, the joy. 
even though you're dying, I think, especially with after a prayer like that, that you just gave them the, the hope of, of more to come, of better to yeah. come. Yeah. Uh, no matter what you believe, there's that joy that you can tuck away in your heart and take with you at any yeah. given time. Yeah. Wow. I was Powerful. I was contacted over Facebook Messenger actually from a uh, from someone who read one of our reviews yeah. and one of the reviews of one of my tours found me on Facebook and then messaged me on Facebook and she said something like um, she said I'm going to be bringing my mom and also my brother and his family on the tour we would like to have you as our tour guide and want you to know too that Rocky Mountain National Park is a place that mom and dad used to go together. And so they have lots of memories of coming into the park, but dad passed away recently. And mom wants to go back into the Rocky Mountains to gain some altitude and feel closer to her husband. Mm. She said, would you be our guide for that? And I wrote back, yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. And we did. And it worked out just like that. Uh, her mom was, was pretty weak physically, so she had a hard time even getting in and out of the Jeep. Yes. So she and I just had conversations while I directed the the, the rest of the group say, hey, go over there and look at yeah, this mountain. Yeah. Here's these peaks and so-and-so. So I hung back and talked with mom. Mm, and mm. she told me about the memories that she had wow. with her husband. And she was sad that yes, he was gone. Yeah. But she felt like, I'm here back at a place where we we loved together. And we're at a higher altitude, too. So uh, what does that mean? I don't know. That's right. Um, you know, a little closer to heaven. But wow. just great conversations. and And then they pay us to do it. Isn't that amazing? Shh, you're not supposed to tell anybody oh, that. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we do I, it for free. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We do, and I don't. this is what you're really not supposed to tell anybody. We would do it for free. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. We would, wouldn't wow. we? We really would. Yeah. You know, just before the show started, you and I talked about the qualities of a, of a tour guide. Mm. I was going to say this is called the adventures of a, a <laughs> Rocky Mountain tour guide, but the qualities of a tour guide. And one of the ones that we have in common for sure is, a, you, you put it a little differently than I would have. I would have said a love for people. You said an interest in or a love for strangers. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And and we again, we were visiting before we started the podcast, but just in the last, I'd say in the last two weeks, I've come to an aha moment for myself. This is something in addition that I have in common with my dad. So dad uh, worked in a machine shop for most of his career working on office machines and things like that. And then uh, he was also a full-time pastor at a small small Baptist church out in Texas. Cool. So dad prepared a, a, while he was working a 40-hour week, he would prepare a sermon for Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, do hospital oh visits, do weddings, listen to people complain, you know, all <laughs> yes. of this stuff while he and my mom were raising two kids, my sister and I. It's just amazing. But at some point, I was maybe even my early high school years or before that, Dad felt the calling. Uh, he wasn't preaching full-time at the time. But he felt the calling to minister to prisoners at the Collin County Jail in McKinney, Texas. He just felt this calling that, you know, maybe there's some people who need somebody to talk to. Yeah. And uh, he fell in love with it and just ended up finishing his career doing that full-time as the programs man- uh, director there at Collin County Jail. And that, yeah, it's just been an aha moment for me in the last couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah, I'll be 60 this year, and I'm just still learning about myself and Absolutely. my relationship with my parents and what they taught me and my sister all these time. But Dad loved talking to strangers. He still does. And so do I. That is so cool. Yeah. Right. You know, we back on the tour guide thing, I, I've, I've sometimes told people, if you're an extrovert, 
yeah, that helps. Uh-huh. You don't have to be. But if you're an extrovert and you love people and you love nature, you should be a tour guide. That's right. Because it's just it's <laughs> the just best great. combo of, of all. Oh, well, we've, we've talked about it here on the show in the past how I had forgotten that people are nature too. Um, mm-hmm. Melissa yeah. and I, you know, we love to be up in the mountains because it's away from the crowds, but not necessarily away from the people. Yeah. Again, that's what we love about the tour guide. Be, being a tour guide is you have a captive audience of two, one even sometimes, mm-hmm. but two to, to ten people. Yeah. And you have that time to get to know them and um, connect with nature with people, which are also nature. Yeah. We are nature. We're the, Think about it. We're all one. And it's just a great reminder of that as well. Yeah. And to, just to get to experience the unexpected. Uh, you know Rainbow Curve. Mm-hmm. So Rainbow Curve is up really high. And, just before uh, Timberline. Just before Timberline, yeah. And uh, I was... We were coming around the latter part of our tour, heading back downhill, came to Rainbow Curve, and out to the east, and looking in the east direction, there was a storm and a rainbow, oh, a double rainbow. Beautiful. We found out why so, it's named Rainbow Curve. Oh, my goodness. I On the intercom, I cranked it up a little bit, said, folks, you're not going to believe what's straight in front of us. And then they all start looking. Here we are at Rainbow Curve, and we have a double rainbow right in front of us. You talk about people going crazy, oh, snapping pictures. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. What a moment. So, uh, Two other things I think of when I think of Rainbow Curve. One is, I think it was Neil, one of our drivers, uh, said, had said that they saw a mountain lion really? there, a, a Rainbow Curve with two cubs. And it probably, oh, I didn't ask goodness. where exactly where, but I'm thinking just over the wall, probably. Yeah. I've never seen a mountain lion in the park. We've seen them outside the park. I have not park. either. That's that's yeah. like my big bucket list. On, Me too. On a tour. On a tour. I thought I was one of the only <laughs> tour guides who had never seen a mountain lion in the oh, park. Oh no, no. I, I, I think that that whoever that tour guide was for sure was probably one of the only ones I've ever heard and having okay. seen one. So, okay. yeah, they are there. Yeah, I really <laughs> the other thing I, I think about is um, being mauled by chipmunks and ground squirrels there. If you want to see a real party, <laughs> talk about connecting with nature. Have you <laughs> when you sit with your leg over the wall, <laughs> yeah. or to stand there? Yeah. Or you might not be even looking. Um, somebody's been handing out. Uh, illegal peanuts to right. these guys, right? Because they'll, I always joke, well, half joke with my passengers saying, be sure to shake out your pockets before we get back in the Jeep. You don't want to take any of the wildlife out of the park with you. That's right. They go nuts there, literally. Yeah, yeah. that's a great But it is fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. As yeah. well. Yeah. Any other thoughts or stories about uh, the park that you'd like to share? Oh, um, well, I have a James Taylor moment. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we both know we're around the same age, probably. That uh, James Taylor, um, uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. My yeah. wife and I have been f- fans for years, mm-hmm. and have seen him in concert a number of times. Well, uh, there is a, a view of uh, an, uh, a view of the Mummy Range that is just up above uh, Horseshoe Park. Mm-hmm. So you probably know the outcropping I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. It has a wonderful view of the Mummy Range, especially early in the morning. So I would call that my James Taylor moment. Now, mm. we back in the days when we were collecting albums, there was an album of the deep cut in there of a song called Gaia, which means Mother Earth. It's one of James Taylor's songs. And the song is about uh, the, the, uh, the amazement of such a place. Mm. So I called it my James Taylor moment because I would describe to my guest as we get out of the Jeep, and I'd just describe, you know, again, we're big fans of James Taylor, and I said, if it's okay... I'd like to quote to you the third verse of uh, this song called Gaia. And and then they'll, oftentimes they're videoing or whatever. Uh Of course, I get so embarrassed. I say, oh, please look at the mountains. Don't look (laughs) at me. But if you'd like, I'll I'll quote it right here. 
Uh, but this is the third verse of Gaia, and it goes, We thought we ought to walk a while, so we left that town in a single file, up and up and up, mile after mile after mile. We reached the tree lane, and I dropped my pack. I sat down on my haunches, and I looked back down over the mountain, helpless and speechless and breathless. Oh, yeah, I just love that. That is beautiful. There's more to that story. So I, uh, on James Taylor's website, you can send an email through the website. So I did. And I said, I'm a tour guide in Rocky Mountain National Park. I want you to know that I quote from the song. I hope that's okay. I didn't want to run into any copyright (laughs) issues. You're promoting me. Because I'm not singing it. I'm just quoting it. And I said, it's meaningful to to people. It's meaningful to me. You know, yeah, I get goosebumps when, when you say yeah. that, especially knowing what that place looks like. There. Yeah. And I just said, I, I thank you for writing those words. It means mm-hmm. a lot. A couple of days later, I got an email back from his personal assistant, Ellen. Awesome. And Ellen said, can you record that and send us a recording of it? Oh, my so, goodness. <laughs> absolutely, I can. <laughs> so a day or two later, when I had another tour in that space, I explained to the people that, hey, would somebody mind recording this? So they did. The recording wasn't great. My audio was awful, but I sent it in, and uh, they ended up posting it on uh, James Taylor's Instagram account. That is incredible. And it's, to date, it's gotten almost twenty-five thousand views. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. Wow! Did you ever think when you got in the Jeep that morning, you'd be impacting people? No that, idea. We never know, do we? We never know. That is incredible. That's so yeah. cool that they caught the vision of what you were sharing—not just yeah. the people, but the James Taylor team too. Yeah, uh, yeah. But just yeah. always have have had such deep respect for him. As a songwriter and the words to songs, there's just such deep meanings and so personal, too. We've been following him for quite a long time. Not a shabby guitar player, either. No, no. (laughs) Wow, Ron, that is so cool. That's that's one of my favorite stories of the the park. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's not something necessarily that happens every day. Right. Uh, Can you share a typical day in the life of a tour guide? Yeah. Well, you know, on busy summer days, most of the tours start at the same time. So we could have 30, 40 people Mm. waiting, Mm -hmm. you know, in the parking area, waiting to to board. And um, I'm sure you're like me. We try to put ourselves in their spot. You know, they're stressed out. Some of them are very stressed out, you know, tummy issues or whatever. And they they have to sit up high in the back behind us. I don't know if you've ever ridden back there, but... Couple times, it, yeah. it feels you feel vulnerable back there, right? Don't you? Yeah, right. they're very much dependent on us. So, um, yeah, I, I tried my very best to put them at ease. Yeah, tell a joke, you know, and uh, you know, we know that they should be drinking plenty of water, plenty of liquids when they go up high. Because it's so dry in Colorado that even the fire hydrants look forward to the next dog. <laughs> Never heard but that it, one. So you know, oh, little, and even one. the fish carry canteens. It's really dry. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you just try to throw in a little humor here and there to calm the spirits. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, too, we remind them that, yes, there are restrooms. We Uh. will find them. (laughs) I'm pushing 60 years old and drink a lot of coffee. We are going to find restrooms. If not for your sake, for mine. (laughs) And so, and that's not a joke, is it? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you just try to set the stage that way to calm the spirits. But we also tell them, too, that what you're going to see is amazing. You know, this... uh, there, there's an opportunity I try to take at the very first of the tour. I try to describe uh, F.O. Stanley, mm-hmm. the Stanley Hotel, uh, Enos Mills, of course, and how it was due to them, their vision 
for not only themselves, but for their children and their right. grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And that turns into us, right? This, yeah. These multiple generations. It was their vision of the, or their wisdom of the importance of saving places like this so that it can look almost exactly the same as not only they saw it, but the Native Americans saw it before them. Yeah. And that's just, wow, that is a real privilege. And so I tried to turn it into an educational moment as well. That the park supporting the park service is really, really important. Right. Because this is not just for you; it's for your kids, and my kids, and grandkids on down. Yeah. Um, preserving places like this so that we can, whatever it means to you, you know, uh, getting closer to God, taking a step away from their busy life, and taking a deep breath. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. That that's important. So. Yeah. Uh, I try to add the seriousness in with the. Uh, Fire it's hydrant the jokes. Whole, yeah. <laughs> it's the whole experience, though, for them, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And on the way back, is you know, after everybody has experienced what we've been sharing, one of my favorite things to say, because they start to get quiet and, mm. and, and thoughtful. And I like to give at least a good five or ten minutes of that, but we're coming back down the road. And, you know, there's going to be a re-entry zone, and you want it to be memorable, and this is probably, this is not probably, this is goofy, but I love to share with him. When I die, I want to go out like my grandfather, smiling and in his sleep, with all the passengers in the back seat screaming and yelling, trying to get out. And of course, that wakes everybody back up again. Oh, I've got to use that. <laughs> You're I've welcome to. to use that. And uh, of course, That's we, funny. you know, wakes them back up and, and we, we re-enter Estes Park. Uh, but I have that same joy every time to to feel like wow i get to do this again i get to uh-huh. do this again and yeah. you know end in, end in some sort of joke or happy happy moment again connecting then, with then when all the tours are over and we put the jeeps away clean them up we realize how tired we are oh my goodness right. yeah oh, but not goodness. until then usually yeah. yeah yeah how many tours have you done in one day Three is Three. the most. Have you done four? Early on. <laughs> Before I knew better. Wow. I did the 6 o'clock one, and then the 9.30, the 1.30, and the 5.30. Oh, my goodness. This was several years ago. And I said, yeah, I, you, there is too much of a good thing. Yeah. Oh, not because of the good thing, but because your body can only take, handle so much. Yeah. Uh, well, the adrenaline can only hold up so long. Yeah. In the summertime, where we're going up over 12,000 feet, it takes a toll on you. It right? does. You know, it it's really a 5,000 foot gain almost. And all the talking mm-hmm. that we yeah. do. It I, is emotional drain in a way, in a good way. It mm-hmm. can be an emotional drain. Yeah. 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 But, yeah we're really pouring ourselves out. Yes. And, uh, you know, for you and I do that part-time, and we have a lot of fun at it. But, you know, some of the guides are very much dependent on, uh, you know, having good tours. Yes. And having Hopefully having good tips right. to go along with that. Right. It's really, I think, uh, I think about them. And so... Since I did become a tour guide, you know, a couple of years ago or so, I'm more conscious of tipping now. Yeah, me too. I was it's always same. a good tipper. I'm a much, much better, I'm an over-the-top tipper now. I couldn't agree more. I, yes. You look at it differently, don't you? And yeah. you really appreciate the people who are in the service industry. Absolutely. And yeah. even if your service wasn't good, think about maybe something was going on in that person's life. Yeah. You know, you never know. It's just like the whole thing <laughs> with our guests. We don't know what's going on in the background, but... It may be really help. Even gosh, I'm getting way off on a different topic. But if you got bad service, maybe there was a reason, and maybe a good tip will turn it around for that person. That's Instead right. Instead of going home in tears, maybe wow. they're going to go home with a wow. smile that's, on their face. That's the the importance of unconditional acceptance and love. Yeah. And how how important that is. Just as a reminder, that's not off subject. That's what this whole show is about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just being mindful, and being mindful means being kind and generous to other people. Yeah. As you would your family yourself. 
Wow, that's yeah. beautiful, Ron. That's really good. Yeah. So we've been dropping little breadcrumbs all along the way. Any tips, <laughs> speaking of tips, <laughs> any hints or tips uh, or advice that you would give to somebody who says, man, I want to be a tour guide. What do I What do? I do? Oh, yeah. Well, um, go see Green Jeep Tours. <laughs> talk to Nikki. <laughs> say, talk to Nikki Schultz at Green Jeep Tours in Estes yes. Park, Colorado. Uh, there's a number of tour agencies there, but... Uh, I think you and I realize, and I tell my guests too, we are a, we do small enough tours with a small enough number of people that we can have this interaction. We can right. talk the whole time. Where the other tours, not to bash them, they're great too. Uh, but different experience. It is a different experience. Yeah, there's a lot more people there, and they this is a one way, primarily a one way conversation. They just don't have the facility or the time or whatever yeah. to be able to have that inner interaction that we do. At least when I've been on vacation. When Karen and I have been out together on you know vacations here and there, it's the interactions with the local person, uh-huh. which is really memorable. We were in New Zealand. Long story, our, do- our daughter joined the Peace Corps right after college, and uh, she was way down in the South Pacific, and after she'd been gone for, for many months, uh, we met her in New Zealand. Long flight, by the way, from oh, here bet. to New Zealand. Um, but we took a number of tours, and it was the, uh, the tours where I got to meet the owner or got to know the guides. Mm. Oh, I remember those conversations. That was great. And, of course, yeah. the views were outrageous, too. But uh, it was those little conversations that I had with either the guide or someone local. That I really remember. So I try to keep that you know, in mind put, as well. Put yourself in their place. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully uh, we will be connecting more people with Green Jeep and Green Jeep with more people, not just as tour guides, but as guests as well. Yeah. It is, I'm not just saying this because I have gotten paid to do it. It is <laughs> one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had in my life, being a tour guide. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nikki doesn't even know we're saying anything about this at all. <laughs> no. We'll no. tell her later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, it is it is a real joy, and I'm, I'm so glad it's its own. It's a female-owned company. Mm-hmm. And she used to be a pharmacist, actually. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's someone that I, I've grown to really, really like. I think she's yeah. a very good person. When it's nice to work for a good person. That's right. And uh, yeah, it's just a privilege. Well, yeah. And she's thinking of the people too first because she the reason mm-hmm. she wanted to start this company was she and her mom did several tours uh, all over the world. And she thought, I'd like to do that in Rocky, but I think I can do it a little bit better because uh, there were some th- things that I'd like to improve on from my experience. And mm-hmm. so it really is an experience-driven um, service that she's offering. Here. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then the other guides too, right? Yes. We have oh. so much fun together. We're going through the same stresses. <laughs> uh, did you see any animals? No. Did you see a lot of animals? Oh, absolutely, I did. Didn't you? You know, <laughs> yes, yes. drives you crazy. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, the camaraderie that we have just for those few minutes between the tours—that's great. Except too. for the guy who comes up behind me while I'm talking to my people and says, "Hey, folks, I want you to know that you have the second best tour guide in the, in the company." <laughs> <laughs> there is there is that one. My other favorite, though, our our friend Dan, our, our, uh, Dan, yes, Dan, the tour yes. guide. Uh, I love to pull this on Dan. He absolutely hates it, but if I can time it just right. So that uh, uh, I have my group all together, and I'll say, watch this, and I'll go behind Dan's Jeep with his tourists back uh-huh. there, and I'll say, we are so grateful to the state of Colorado and their early release program <laughs> that Dan <laughs> yes. could be with you today. Hang in there, Dan. You're doing so well. And he loves oh, that. That, that. I bet he does. Yeah. Yes. So we, we have an, a mutual admiration and respect for each other. Yeah, we yeah, do. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it is very, very fun. Absolutely. Well, yeah. this has been uh, 
ton of fun. Yeah. Would you be willing to lead us and just end with a, a meditation here? Yeah. And we'll just, how, how, wherever you want us to be, you, you take over from here. Sure. Well, if it's okay, I'll circle back to James Taylor and I'll include the fourth verse this time. Awesome. If that's all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's just take a deep breath in and release it slowly. Now, we're in a valley that is uh, surrounded by snow-capped mountains. It's a July day. It's going to be warm today, but the air is always cool, always cool in Rocky Mountain National Park. And when you're ready, let's get your pack loaded on your back, get comfortable, and let's go for a little walk together. And let's go back to Gaia, to Mother Earth from James Taylor. We thought we ought to walk a while. So we left that town in a single file, going up and up and up, mile after mile after mile. We reached the tree line, and I dropped my pack. I sat down on my haunches, and I looked back down over the mountain, just helpless and speechless and breathless. So let's pray for the forest, pray for the trees, pray for the fish in the deep blue seas. Pray for yourself and save one for me. Thank you, James Taylor, for some incredible words. Amen. Wow, I was there. I was there. And you led it so well. Thank you, thank Mr. You. Tour Guide, friend. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. This we, is great. We've got to do it again. And uh, I know we'll have lots more experiences to share up on the mountain as well. So yeah. Thanks for being at the mountain here thank today. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. God bless you. You too, Brad. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Time spent with a Rocky Mountain Tour Guide, Ron Francis, one of the most genuine kind and friendly people you'd ever want to meet. Not a bad sense of humor either. We also want to give a shout out and thank you to Nikki Schultz of Green Jeep Tours in Estes Park, Colorado. You can check it out at greenjeeptour.com. And when you do book your tour, be sure to ask for Ron. I'm sure he'd love to give you the ride of your life, one you'll never forget. Hey, thanks again for being here. And remember, life is a gift. Nature's a gift. And you are a gift back to the world. We'll see you here again soon, my friend.